Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Farzi Masugi and this is the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you all had a great and happy Thanksgiving this week. Hope you all filled your bellies with some good food. And now here we are with the weekend over with. And maybe some of you guys are getting an extended weekend. Who knows? Given this uh, crazy storm we've got in the Midwest right now. Hope you are all staying safe in the Midwest or wherever you are. If you're dealing with stores, but man, it is bad in the Midwest. But nonetheless, show must go on, and we have another episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Going to be a very short episode. We will have Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com joining us later on to talk about his new book, first published book, by the way, about Patrick Mahomes. It is called Showtime. It's available right now in stores. He'll talk to us about that. Also about Eric Berry's return, at least that's expected this week. Plus. We'll look at the uh, final five games for the Kansas City Chiefs as we are now in the waning stages of the 2018 NFL season. This season's gone by very fast, and that's how it works sometimes, man. When you're having a really good season, it goes by fast. It goes by in the blink of an eye. But when you're struggling, when you're having a terrible season, like the Chiefs have had in years past, uh, it goes by very fast very slow it's like a it's like rubbing off a band-aid very slowly i mean it kind of feels like that you just want it to be over with as fast as possible uh, but fortunately uh the chiefs haven't had a season like that in quite a while it, it kind of felt like that during the one and five start but obviously it finished on a much higher note to conclude the season and of course that snapped the playoff drought of what was it i believe 22 years almost for the kansas city chiefs so uh, it's really good to see how much this team has turned around. Uh, and here we are. Uh, it, it's going to be December the next time the Chiefs play a game. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this team responds coming off a heartbreaker, uh, an epic Monday night game and a bye week as they get ready to face uh, a longtime rival Uh, of theirs in the Oakland Raiders. So we'll see how all of that goes. We'll discuss the Chiefs and Raiders matchup later this week in our preview edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. So stay tuned for that. If you guys want to interact with me on social media, easy to do. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. That is my Twitter handle plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. I will not be doing a Facebook Live video at halftime nor after the game. This week I'll be hosting a Chiefs watch party uh, this Sunday during the game. I may actually do a Facebook Live video, but I won't be talking in front of the camera or anything. Uh, I, I may just show the, uh, the the watch party for a little bit, uh, but uh, won't be any uh, commentary or interaction with you guys, at least not a whole lot of that. I may read a couple of comments if I'm doing the video, if anyone cares to uh, to watch that. But uh, just keep in, uh, keep in mind that we won't be doing a Facebook Live video, uh, or at least not the normal Facebook Live video, this Sunday. So for those who... Uh, we're looking forward to that. We will have that the following week uh, for the next Chiefs game. So be on the lookout for that. Won't have it this Sunday. Uh, and I believe I mentioned my email, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com is the email if you want to get a hold of me through there. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Share it as well with your friends on social media. All right, obviously no Chiefs football this Sunday, and man, I, I've, I've got to say, kind of disappointing too, because uh, obviously they wanted the Chiefs and the Rams to uh, get an opportunity to, you know, given uh, the way travel works with international flights, you know, you go through customs, you go through that hectic process when you're on your way back. Uh, the Chiefs and Rams were going to be given a bye week, given that returning from Mexico would have taken uh, quite a while after a Monday night game. Uh, but instead, uh, not the case. Instead, the, their bye week will just be as usual, like a normal bye week, just coming late in the season. And, uh, man, I've got to say, kind of disappointing that it, this week was the bye week because I would have been very excited to see a, a snowy game at Arrowhead. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the Chiefs play in the snow, at least in my lifetime, as a Chiefs fan. Uh, and I don't know if the Chiefs have had any of those notable bad weather games, or at least in the snow, that is. Uh, I know the Chiefs, uh, there was, I think it was, gosh, I want to say it was late 2013, Andy Reid's first year when the Chiefs and Colts were playing, but they were able to clear the roads. Uh, the snow had already fallen on the ground. Uh, I mean, there was there was no snow 
uh, happening at the time. So all of that was cleared up by that time. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen uh, one of those crazy snowy games at Arrowhead before, or any Chiefs game, for that matter. Uh, the, the snow in Kansas City has been pretty brutal, uh, and I don't think we've had a snowstorm like this in quite some time. So it's a bit messy out there. Stay safe if you're out there on the roads. If you're getting a day off, well, stay inside, stay warm, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'll tell you what was not enjoyable for Pittsburgh Steelers fans, that is, that game between the Chiefs and Broncos, and that is relevant because that benefits Kansas City, and oddly enough, in one of these rare cases, it's one of those situations where you need the Broncos, your division rival, to pull through for you. And by the way, uh, hats off to the Broncos. I, th- I think we've got to back off our hatred for the Broncos just a little bit uh, because the Broncos have really helped Kansas City in the last two weeks. They were a 2-6 and six team, uh, or excuse me, a 3-6 and six team not too long ago, and just recently... The Denver Broncos have quietly, and I don't know, actually I take that back, I don't know if quietly is the right word, because they've beaten two very good football teams, football teams that are very close to a, a number one seed. They beat the Chargers, who are a five seed, but if Kansas City were to slip a little bit, then the Broncos could climb up the ladder, and or excuse me, the Chargers could climb up and go from fifth to first in the conference. Uh, hopefully that does not happen, but... Uh, the Chargers are right behind Kansas City in the uh, division, which would give them the, them the number one spot. And it's one of those cases where, look, the five seed is locked up. It's either going to go to Kansas City or it's either going to go to Los Angeles. The sixth seed is the one that's completely wide open right now. And there are a lot of candidates for that, including the Cleveland Browns. And I mentioned the Broncos. Again, the Broncos, they were three and six before playing the Chargers last week. They pull off a big upset in Los Angeles, and they come back home, and they pull off another big upset against the Steelers. A couple of key turnovers from the Steelers in this one. Uh, I mean, you had the James Conner fumble uh, in the second half, and then Roethlisberger trying to lead the Steelers to a game-tying drive, or maybe a game-winning drive if they went for two and, and uh, succeeded there. But Roethlisberger just throws an interception to, uh, trying to throw it to Antonio Brown, but instead it was picked up by one of the defensive linemen for the Broncos. And even if that Broncos lineman was not there, Chris Harris was right in front of that play and probably would have snatched it himself. So a really poor decision by Ben Roethlisberger, that is, and just kind of makes you wonder, uh, could the Broncos be a team that sneaks into the playoffs? Maybe we do see three teams from the AFC, into the uh, the AFC West, that is, in the playoffs. Here is the AFC playoff picture right now. Kansas City has the number one seed at 9-2. and two. Obviously, this is their bye week, and now that just about everyone's, ha- uh, yeah, everyone's had their bye week now, so we no longer have teams that are half a game behind, except when you look at tiebreaker situations, uh, with the with the Steelers because they had a game that ended in a tie against the Browns. You look at the Patriots; they've got the two seed uh, right now with an eight and three record. The Houston Texans are seven and three. They will be playing on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. So we'll see how that plays out. Again, uh, if if the Texans do come through, uh, they'll be one game behind Kansas City. Meanwhile, if the if the Titans win, they'll be 6-5, and five, and they'll be tied with Baltimore and Indianapolis, also 6-5. and five. Uh, You look at the Chargers, who put a beating on the Arizona Cardinals uh, and a phenomenal game from Phillip Rivers. Uh, they're 8-3 right now, one game behind Kansas City, but even if Kansas City drops the game and if the Chargers do win next week, the Chiefs still own that tiebreaker against the Chargers for the time being, and that's why it's going to be very important when the Chiefs and Chargers do meet in mid to late December that the Chiefs do come out on top in that one. That way they can own the tiebreaker head-to-head over the Chargers. That's a big reason why the Chiefs were able to win AFC West in 2016 because they had the uh, 2-0 record against the Raiders head-to-head that year. And, of course, the Raiders fell uh, in 2016, losing to the Broncos, uh, and the Chiefs defeated the Chargers in Week 17, uh, and that allowed Kansas City to uh, sneak ahead uh, just barely both teams finished with a 12-4 and record, and the Chiefs came out on top of the AFC West that year, and that's a streak that is still continuing, at least for right now. Could be a third straight year the Chiefs projected to win the AFC West right now. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, you've you've got to be very happy. Not only are the Chiefs uh, 
holding a strong 9-2 record right now on top of the AFC and uh, the division, of course. But even if they weren't uh, on top of the AFC West, let's say the Chargers had an undefeated season. Uh, man, it's a good thing the Chiefs are 9-2 right now because you look at the teams that, that are in the hunt. Okay, well, let's look at the sixth seed. It's Baltimore right now. They're 6-5. and five. Indianapolis is 6-5. and five. Tennessee's 5-5 five and five right now. Miami, Cincinnati, and Denver are all 5-6. and six. Cleveland, uh, they're not out of it. They are right behind everybody with a 4-6-1 and one record. It's going to be a very tough... It's going to be a crowded race for the 6th wildcard spot. The 5-spot the, the, the is going to either Kansas City or L.A. It's going to go to one of those teams. And I think it's going to go to L.A., uh, unless something just completely goes wrong in Kansas City, which I, I hopefully, knock on wood, doesn't happen, but uh, you, you never know sometimes. But for the time being, it does look like that Kansas City's going to hold on to the AFC West and hopefully can remain on top of the AFC because, man, it would go a long ways for the Chiefs if they went out at Arrowhead this year. And if they do have home field advantage, well, uh, Arrowhead's not going to be a place that teams are going to w- want to visit in January, and that could be the big ticket and the difference maker as to who goes to the Super Bowl representing the AFC. So Kansas City definitely, uh, and by the way, due to the loss against the Rams, fortunately with the timing, the Chiefs have gotten a lot of help lately. Uh, The Chargers, they beat the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals looked like they were going to challenge the the Chargers in this game. They they had a 10-0 lead on the Chargers, but uh, the the Chargers just completely uh, trampled over them. And a big win, a blowout win. But uh, the week before, you had Tennessee handing a loss to the New England Patriots in a blowout. You had the Broncos pulling off a big upset against the Chargers. And the Broncos, once again, pulling off an upset for the second week in a row. This time beating the Steelers on Sunday. So two big wins from the Broncos. And a win from Tennessee definitely helping out Kansas City. Because if, if, if it's not for Tennessee, Kansas City's holding on to a two-seed right now. And they would be tied with the Chargers uh, if it's not for, if it's not for Denver too, they'd be tied uh, nine and two uh, for first place in the AFC West. The Chiefs would still be uh, in first place if the, if the season ended at the time right now. Uh, but fortunately, still a little bit of time left uh, for Kansas City to uh, create a little bit of a gap here. They'll they'll need a little bit of help to do that, but they are in control of their destiny if they win out. Now look. Uh, upsets do happen sometimes. The Chiefs have yet to lose a game in an upset fashion, so uh, maybe their time is overdue. Maybe it doesn't happen. Who knows? Uh, but it does happen to all the great teams out there. They, I mean, look at the Patriots. They've lost a couple of games that they probably should not have lost this year. They lost to the Jaguars, who are who who were a playoff contending team the first few weeks of the season, and now they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Patriots are looking back, wondering how 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 that could have happened. Look at the Titans right now. They're 5-5, five and five, climbing up the ladder a little, little bit in this uh, AFC playoff race. But still, uh, you would think a team like the Patriots would have no problem taking on a team like the Tennessee Titans. But they've had their problems against them this season. So you've got some of that to deal with if you are the Patriots. So luckily for the Chiefs, despite losing head-to-head to the Patriots and losing to the Rams this past Monday, or last Monday I should say, well, uh, luckily, you've got a little bit of help from the Titans and the Broncos. Uh, two teams who you probably would not uh, uh, really would have cared to get a lot of help from, given what the Titans did last year at Arrowhead in the playoff game. And, of course, the Broncos being a big rival of Kansas City's. Uh, generally, you don't get help from your divisional rival like that. But when you have the number one seed, a position that Chiefs fans are not too familiar with, Sometimes you do have to uh, reach out and get help from your uh, division rivals, and that's exactly what you uh, have been seeing lately with the Broncos uh, taking care of business. And luckily, the Chiefs already have the sweep over the Broncos, so if it gets to a point where the Broncos really do go crazy and win out, and if, if the Chiefs slip a little bit, well, the Chiefs still have the tiebreaker there. So it's a really, this is why winning your divisional games are, are crucial. They really are. Losing to the Rams, obviously not a good one. You could have had the best record in the NFL had you won that game, but... Uh, a, a non-conference loss doesn't hurt you a whole lot uh, in the standings. Now, when it comes to uh, tiebreakers and if it goes to games against common opponents, uh, that could be a big one there. But the Rams have taken care of everyone in the AFC West so far. So that would not hurt the Chiefs too much. 
Uh, but again, that's why you got to win uh, your games as much as you can. And the Chiefs uh, have done that better than anyone in the AFC right now. The Chiefs and the Steelers were the only two lost teams in the AFC. The Steelers were 7-2-1. and one. The Chiefs were 9-2. and two. But now the Chiefs are the only two lost team thanks to the Denver Broncos pulling off a big upset against the Steelers in a game that really came down to the wire in Denver. So a big win for the Broncos and the Steelers now slipping a little bit in the standings. The Steelers right now have the four seed. We'll see what happens with Houston on Monday Night Football against the Titans. Again, a a team that is, uh, it's important for both teams. It really is. AFC playoff picture, especially this time of year, going to be very crazy. And who knows if all of these teams will still be on the hunt. That is a possibility, a slim possibility. I do expect teams like like Cleveland to maybe uh, slip out of it, as well as Cincinnati, man. Uh, a, a team that just lost to Cleveland. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. But I, I do expect teams like uh, like the Indianapolis Colts to still be in this, who have been in on a hot run, especially with Andrew Luck as he's trying to make his come back this season and you look at the Denver Broncos again just just keep an eye out for the Broncos they're 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 cruising along lately they've had two big wins and, and those are not flukes right there guys uh they're really not uh say what you want about the Chargers and not having a uh, home crowd in Los Angeles well they're eight and three for a reason uh even if they don't have a big home uh contingency in Los Angeles they're eight and three for a reason so Take that for what it's worth to you. And again, beating the Steelers, never an easy task. They've always been one of the premier teams in the AFC behind New England. And for the Chiefs to be on top of those two teams, got to keep it going. And the Chiefs, of course, they played the, uh, both teams this year. They beat the Steelers on the road. They came very close to completing that comeback against the Patriots. Well, they were ahead at one point, but lost by three. And that's where we stand right now. Kansas City 9-2 on top of the AFC, on top of all 15 teams. Look, a lot of people are saying the Chiefs don't look like a Super Bowl team because they're not a complete team with their defense. And I, Let me just say this. To say that the Chiefs are not a complete team because of their defense, I think that's a fair statement. I definitely think it's a fair statement. That's not anything absurd. But if you want to tell me that the Chiefs are not a Super Bowl team, who is? Are the Steelers? A team who the Chiefs beat, and I understand a, a win in Week Two, uh, it may not hold a lot of weight now because teams are uh, are, are a lot different from Week Two to right now. Uh, I'd like to think Kansas City's defense has come a long way since then, uh, but for the most part, I don't know who who you would take to to uh, from the AFC and say they are a Super Bowl team. A lot of people feel like the Chargers were an underdog team and that despite losing to Kansas City, the number one team in the AFC, that they were a more talented team than the Chiefs. But look at them. They just recently fell to the Broncos. Again, a team that's uh, kind of making uh, some noise in this conference right now. And as well as the division too. So I don't know who you would take right now as your Super Bowl team from the AFC. Obviously very early. It's never easy to predict these kinds of things this early in the season. But I don't know uh, if the Chiefs are not a Super Bowl team. I don't know who is right now because the Chiefs have the best record in the AFC. Every team will lose a game here and there. And listen, to say the Chiefs are not a Super Bowl team, they put up 51 points against the Rams. Sure, they, they put up 50 points and lost, but I don't know. I mean, if I'm another team in the AFC, sure, maybe I'm happy that the Chiefs lost because it helps them in the standings be a little bit closer and it increases your chances of possibly getting ahead of Kansas City in the standings. But right now, I look at the 51 points. And by the way, they put up 40 on the Patriots. Oh, let me add one more thing. They did it on the road. So it's not like the Chiefs were blown out by the Patriots and the Rams in games where, uh, you know, obviously it would have been a, a big win for your resume if this was college football. Uh, but to lose by only three points to those two teams each, I think the AFC still fears Kansas City. I, I, I don't think you can sit there and say, hey, sure, they lost to Super Bowl contending teams like the Patriots and the Rams have been uh, expected to uh, be a Super Bowl team uh, really since the offseason. But uh, the Chiefs have been up there. I mean, they've been playing with the best. They really have been. Uh, who's Kansas City's best win this year? Uh, it was the Steelers, but now it's the Chargers. But look, you've beaten uh, a team in the Chargers who, they're right behind your tail. 
Sure, they're a five seed, but they could easily have a one seed or a two seed if the Chiefs lost one or two more games this year. The Chiefs have been the Steelers. They're seven, three, and one. Now, let's look ahead because if you want to talk about resume builders and trying to win some quality games, well, the Chiefs have an opportunity. Because look what they've got on their schedule coming up. You've got the Ravens who have allowed 198 points this season. That's the second fewest in the AFC. As a matter of fact, that's actually the second fewest in the NFL as a whole. If you're wondering who's allowed the fewest, it's the Titans. Uh, Despite being 5-5, they haven't been a good offensive football team, but allowing 189 points, they're number one in points allowed this season. So the Chiefs have an opportunity to showcase that high-powered offense and say, hey, look, This is the best defensive team we'll face in terms of points allowed. Let's go out there and uh, burn up the scoreboard a little bit. So you have an opportunity to prove that, yeah, you can play against some of the best defenses in the NFL with your offense. And look, I know the Kansas City Chiefs defense hasn't been very good, allowed 294 points. Uh, That is the third most in the AFC behind the Raiders and then the, the Bengals who've allowed the most points in the AFC. As a matter of fact, the Chiefs have allowed the fourth most points in the AFC. Or excuse me, I take that back. The uh, the, the, the fifth most points when you include the NFC. So you've got that right there. You know what though? Even though you are a bad defensive football team in terms of all the yards you've allowed and all the points you've, you've allowed this year... It's a good thing you've got that offense. I think a lot of teams would love to be in Kansas City's position right now with that 9-2 record. And again, people want to talk about who is a Super Bowl team and who isn't. Well, you know what, man? And again, for Chiefs fans, and I know some Chiefs fans, they get pretty critical and they hit the panic button uh, when when the, this team loses. The Chiefs are, they have the third best record in the NFL, the third most wins since Andy Reid arrived in Kansas City in 2013. Behind New England and Seattle. Seattle obviously being second. And New England uh, the most wins by a wide margin. But look. uh, We're not used to losing anymore. I get it. Uh, Before Andy Reid. This was was, uh, normalcy. If you would. But now uh, it's it's not something we, we, we see a whole lot. But with that said. When the Chiefs do lose a football game, it, it, I guess Chiefs fans don't really know how to take it anymore. They don't know how to react to that kind of thing. So some Chiefs fans overreact and hit the panic button when you lose by just three damn points to the Patriots on the road when you put up 40 and three points when you put up 51 against the Rams. And let me just say this. If you told me before the season who were, who were the, who, who would have been the two best teams? One from the AFC, one from the NFC. Who would have had the number one seats? I think a lot of people would have said the Patriots and the Rams. I think that would have been the popular universal prediction from a lot of people. But that's not the case right now, at least not in the AFC. And listen, the NFC, I mean, I mean the, the you talk about the Patriots and the Chargers and the Steelers being right behind Kansas City. The Saints are much closer to the Rams than those three teams are to Kansas City right now. And I'll say this right now, and, and again, going back to my point with saying Chiefs fans and how some of them overreact and maybe want to hit the panic button at times. All 15 teams in the AFC, all of the 15 other teams in the AFC, they would gladly trade records with the Chiefs right now. Obviously, it goes without saying, the Chiefs do have the best record in the AFC. So do keep that in mind when you look at the Chiefs and their situation right now with the division and the conference. So, and again, uh, sometimes you got to have some good luck. Listen, the Patriots, they've had the number one seed so many times, but they've also needed a little bit of help to clinch that number one seed, especially clinching it a little bit early. So getting a little bit of help, that's not a bad thing. You need that sometimes. It's not easy getting a number one seed. You're going to have to do well yourself, which the Chiefs are doing. And at the same time, I think you're going to need some help from other teams. Again, that, that's that's normal for a team. The Rams are going to be asking for some help for teams to beat the, the Saints in, in December. So that is all completely normal. That's nothing out of the ordinary, especially when you're uh, competing uh, for a spot that high in your conference. And right now, again, just a friendly reminder, the Chiefs are 9-2. First place in the AFC West. First place in the AFC. And again, the Chiefs do control their own destiny. Patrick Mahomes mentioned this after the loss to the Rams. And at the end of the day, that's the position every team wants to be in. They want to be in control of their destiny to win a division. And they want to be in control of their destiny to 
be on top of the conference. The Chiefs are the only team that can say that in the AFC right now. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine 201. Plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. This is not breaking news. I mean, the Kansas City Star, uh, their editor, Jeff Rosen, he uh, claimed that this was breaking news, but it really wasn't. Uh, we did hear last week from Jason Lockenfora that Eric Berry is expected to be back practicing next, uh, or th- this week at the time when we read the report. It was next week. After the bye, and now here we are. It is Monday, and uh, we're gonna wait and see what happens with the Chiefs. Uh, generally, uh, on a Monday, you do a lot of film review, but the Chiefs don't have a lot of that coming off a of bye week. Uh, although I'm sure they'll be studying a lot of film on teams uh, like the Raiders, who they'll be facing twice. A team like the Ravens, uh, who again very good defensive football team. Plus, you've got the Chargers one more time, who had a very good game against the Cardinals, and of course the Seattle Seahawks, another team in the uh, uh, in the Chiefs' schedule remaining to close out the season. So uh, the, the Chiefs may do some of that, uh, and we'll see. Wednesday is the uh, key date. We'll see if uh, Eric Berry is going to be on the injury report Wednesday or not. He'll probably be on the injury report, but we'll see if he practices. Even if it's limited, I think a lot of people will take that because we're at the point right now that we just want to see him back. And who knows if his presence would have made a difference on Monday Night Football or in the Sunday Night loss earlier this year against the Patriots. We can't dwell on that too much, but... The idea of that kind of makes you feel good, wondering how things go moving forward. I mentioned last podcast, man, uh, he's got to play soon because players who've been out for as long as he has, it takes a while to get back into your form, getting that rhythm back that you're so used to uh, because Eric Berry in his first game back, he won't be your best safety. And maybe he will be, who knows? But generally, 99% of the time, history has proven to us that when a player's been out that long, and Eric Berry is evidence of this not once, but twice, when you've missed a lot of games, uh, it takes a while to get back to your top potential, to your Pro Bowl elite form. So hopefully Eric Berry starts playing games soon, because by the time the playoffs roll around, hopefully he can be the Eric Berry that we are familiar with and know and love. So that's key one. And I've said this many times, man. Uh, sure, all these reports have come out. Uh, I know Ian Rappaport said on Sunday, he said, look, we've been in this situation before, referring to the fact that, that we feel like we're getting close with Eric Berry, but he did mention that Eric Berry is expected to return this week. So uh, this is the, uh, the uh, I guess it's the week. It's the moment we've all been waiting for with Eric Berry returning to the gridiron. We'll see if that will be the case this week. Again, Wednesday is going to be the key date. We'll obviously talk about it on social media as the week goes on joining us on the chief zone podcast a a friend of the podcast back here we had him before the season and uh now we're gonna bring him back on again uh was planning on uh bringing matt derrick uh from chief digest back but uh a little bit sooner than i had anticipated he just made the announcement on his social media last week about his first published book it's about patrick Mahomes. it's called showtime and it has been published, and I know it's out in stores, and I believe it's going to be uh, available online very soon. Just saw it'll be available sometime in the first or second week on Amazon, and I'm sure it'll be available uh, other stores as well. And joining us to talk about that, as well as the Chiefs season, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, welcome back to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. How are you? Hey, not too bad. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you making time for us, uh, especially during this holiday weekend, the aftermath of, of Thanksgiving, and I hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving, and I know this is a very exciting time for you because uh, this is your first published book. I, I want to get into the book uh, in just a moment, but uh, t- t- talk to me about the whole process of going through, you, you know, the, the thought process of, of writing this book as well as putting it on paper and finally getting it published. Well, what's this whole journey been like for you? Uh, it's been a whirlwind experience. Uh, uh, it actually started uh, Triumph Publishing is the publisher of the book. Um, they came to me this fall, uh, said that they, you know, obviously had been following Patrick Mahomes, thought he was a fascinating player. It, it's something that they like to do every every holiday. They like to have a, a book that's coming out that's kind of, you know, focusing around a player that's really brand new, somebody who's hot in the league, somebody who's, you know, really getting on people's radars and has popularity. Uh, last year they did one on Carson Wentz, obviously leading right into the Eagles Super Bowl, even if he got hurt. 
Uh, a couple of years ago, they did Russell Wilson. They did book on him leading up to their Super Bowl appearance. So they've had a pretty good track record of uh, picking out some quarterbacks that have some success and everything. Uh, so came to me, asked me if I'd be interested, and, of course, jumped at the opportunity. Um, it was, like I said, it was a whirlwind, a uh, flurry of deadlines because we wanted to try and make sure everything was as up-to-date and current as we could and get as much in as we can of this season uh, before getting out, getting the book out for the holidays and everything. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I, I think the timing is kind of interesting because uh, I read the preview of this book online and it talks about how there's a lot of potential and he could be uh, living up to some of the greats like uh, like Len Dawson. And obviously he just recently surpassed his uh, franchise uh, mark for uh, pa- uh, passing touchdowns in a single season and still can set the bar very high. Uh Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, this is a good time to release a book, especially if a big name player is part of it, because it'll be a popular gift for, for people to hand out during the holidays. Uh, but also there's a lot that's still happening with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't know how much you can get into detail with this in terms of, uh, because he just recently broke the touchdown record and I don't know what the book exactly covers. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't want you to, to give things away exactly because obviously the, the purpose of it is, is to read and find out about all that. But, uh, how much of it is covered in terms of his potential? What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, that's, that's a pretty good chunk of it. I'll, uh, and I'll just to give you a little background and everything, just as far as my approach to it and kind of what was going through my mind. Uh, you know, one was growing up, I lived on sports biographies. I mean, I read everything I could get my hands on. And a lot of times they were about, you know, players who were still playing. Sometimes they were, you know, biographies after guys had retired. But a lot of them were, you know, just like this, you know, young players who were, you know, still playing the game. Uh, maybe not quite as young as Patrick is, but, you know, people who were there. And so I, that to me, growing up reading books like this, that kind of, you know, target audience was something I was kind of just targeting myself, something. I want to read. And the other part of it was, you know, really just, you know, trying to tell the story about Patrick Mahomes and for people who may not be familiar with his background and, and how he got to this point, um, going back and, and looking at him growing up, going through high school and college, uh, his development as a, just a person and a player. And then obviously the, the journey in Kansas city, you know, what led the chiefs to, to single him out um, how they went about trying to develop him uh, over the last couple of seasons, you know, what they did last year that prepared him for this. So, uh, you know, trying to tell the entire story of, you know, really what has made Patrick Mahomes the player that he is and, and what's gone into it this season while, you know, also touching on just how historic this year has been. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a crazy start. Things that he's doing uh, just the second year in the league, not many other quarterbacks have done. Have done. I mean, I think you can really – you know, looking at some of the numbers and things that he's done, I mean, I, I, I posted up the other day that um, he's, he's already close to breaking Dan Marino's record for most 300-yard games at this point in his career. Um, that's another quarterback you can just you know, put him in that class with. So to me, that's, that's what the book is really about. It's just it's following his journey, giving you maybe as, as much background as we can on, on how he got to where he is and you know how the Chiefs were able to tap this the, the potential in him and and develop him as a player. In the preview that I read, it talked about looking at so, and you alluded to this just a moment ago. Uh, you look at some of the success he had in his early life, as well as uh, his success that he had in college at Texas Tech. Uh, what can you tell us uh, in terms of some of the coverage, and, and more specifically, uh, who did you talk to uh, in, in terms of trying to get quotes and interviews for this book? Can you give us a little bit of a preview from from that side of things? Yeah, you know, uh, because of the time frame of this, a lot of it was pulled from you know many of the interviews I've just done over the last couple of years uh, following him. So you know, uh, obviously, it's conversations that I've had with Patrick, his parents. Uh, his agent, Lee Steinberg, was a was a huge resource, uh, giving a lot of you know, information and everything. Um, and obviously, you know, people with the Chiefs as well. You know, conversations that I managed to have uh, opportunities to have with Brett Veach, John Dorsey, Andy Reid. Um, you know, the, the the majority of it. This is really a, a work in progress over a year and a half of of all the interviews and conversations that I've had with people and and, and Patrick himself since he you know became part of the team. 
I know this is a little off topic, but I, I, I just want to bring this up because I know John Dorsey, uh, they're looking for a new head coach in Cleveland. And I'm sure you, you, you probably cover this aspect of it in the book as well with Brett Veach and the amount of credit he gets for keeping an eye out for Patrick Mahomes. But uh, when a lot of people look at the head coaching search for the Cleveland Browns and they look at who the general manager is for uh, for, for the for the Browns, it's obviously John Dorsey, and they mention his track record, who he's drafted, and it shows guys like Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and it also includes Patrick Mahomes' name. Uh, how much credit do you think uh, goes to John Dorsey for this? Because I know a lot of Chiefs fans, and I think being a prisoner of the moment is, is a part of this. A lot of people just want to give credit to Brett Veach because he's the current GM, and there was talks that he 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 was the one that brought it to everyone's attention in in the office. But how much credit do you think John Dorsey really deserves for getting Mahomes? I think you have to put him in there. Um, you know, I, I, there's still there's still some arguments over, you know, egos and everything about just who's kind of stumbling on the Mahomes first. Um, a lot of people who are still with the Chiefs will tell you that, you know, Brett Veach was the first one there. Um, some of the, the, the John Dorsey loyalists will tell you that nah, he was the first one there. They, they Maybe they got there together at the same time. Um, but there's a couple of things that John Dorsey absolutely deserves credit for. Even even if you were to be in the camp to say, hey, Brett Veach was the one that pounded on the table and said, this is our guy, sold him on Andy Reid, all of that, Chiefs would never have gotten him without the trade with Buffalo to get the number 10. Um, it, it's quite evident that that he was not lasting probably past number 11 or 12. Uh, he was going to go very quickly in the next couple of picks. Somebody was, if somebody didn't move up to get him, the Saints were going to take him. Um, so I, I have no doubt that absolutely that, that Patrick Mahomes was not falling past number 12. And so John Dorsey made that happen. And, and not only did I, did he go out and make the deal, um, you know, John Dorsey was a big part of the bluff to make sure that, you know, other teams in the NFL were not onto what the Chiefs were doing and making sure they didn't overpay. I think they got a really good bargain with for that pick with the Bills. And I, I you know, I, John Dorsey deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, a ton of credit because he, Patrick Mahomes would not have come to Kansas City without Dorsey swinging that deal. I do want to ask you one more thing about the uh, book, and then we'll move on and talk a little bit about, about the Chiefs season. Also, some news uh, re- regarding Eric Berry and possibly his return. We'll touch on that in a moment, but uh, I-, I like to read uh, on uh, the iBooks app uh, for Apple products. Uh, I know uh, if you don't use Apple to uh, read online, there there's the Amazon Kindle, a few other devices that uh, escape my mind right now, but I was trying to look for this book on iBooks, and I could not find it. Do you know if a digital copy will be available for those who want this book? A digital copy will be available on iBooks and Kindle, all the devices. Um, it, I haven't heard the exact date. It should be before December 11th, which is the official release date of the book. Like you mentioned, the, the hard copies are out in bookstores, and and, and that's the copy that I, you know I most know most people will want because there's you know more than 60 you know huge photos in this thing. It's an eight and a half by eleven book, so you know the, the photos and, and the graphics, and everything a part of it are, are definitely a big you know appeal of the book. Um, but for yes, for those who do want a digital copy, it, it will be available. Like I said, I think it will be before December 11th, but it should be pretty soon. I know it's very early, uh, and, and I did see the uh, book. I believe it's 128 pages, so not a very long read. Uh, but, but but I am curious because I, I think a lot of kids, uh, you, you know, in elementary school or and maybe even in middle school too, you would have to get a book on your own and, and put up a book report and, and hand it to your teacher for them to look over. So I think a lot of kids are definitely going to be uh, writing a book report about this book in specific that you just wrote about Patrick Mahomes because he's the uh, hot topic in Kansas City right now. But I'm curious, in the short time that this book has been out, what's the reception been like? Uh, you know, it's really been great. Uh, I, I think that, hey, there's a few out there who are like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is 23 years old, the second year in the league, and he's already got a book. Kind of skeptical. And, and trust me, I get that. That's why, you know, I, I, I try to tell a story that I think is as complete as possible. Um, you know, obviously, the, the reason you want to do a book like that is you, you think that there's an audience for it, that people will read it um, just because they want to know more about him. And, and I've been just blown away by the people across the country, you know, uh, just how many fans there are of Patrick Mahomes outside of Kansas City, people in New York, you know, Colorado, California, Florida, uh, you know, Nashville, um, reaching out to me about trying to figure out how they can get the book if it's not available in stores near them. So, um, that's just blown me away. I mean, it's been really exciting that to hear that, you know, Chiefs fans all across the country are wanting to try and, and learn more about him. 
Very cool. Again, the book is called Showtime, written by Matt Derrick, who is joining us right now on the Chief Zone podcast. Matt, let's switch gears a little bit. And I know in the last week, we've heard a lot about Eric Berry coming back after the bye week. Uh, I know uh, uh, the Kansas City Star, uh, they wrote an article about that, and Ian Rappaport also talked about that as well. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of Eric Berry, uh, the realistic possibility of him returning to practice this week, but also playing on Sunday uh, against the Raiders? Well, I, I would say that it's probably been about the last month or so that it seems like everybody's been targeting the, the bye week for him to come back. So that's certainly consistent with what everyone's hearing. But at the same time, you're you're still getting a lot of the Hey, it's day to day. It could be any time now that he comes back. So that's why I'm still skeptical. I think he's going to start practicing on Wednesday. I think he. I, I think we're at that point. But I, from what we have gone through this season, I'm not going to believe it in, in, until it actually happens. And, and even, if, even if the Chiefs sort of telling me that he's going to practice, till we see him out on the field, I, I'm just I'm skeptical. I mean, we've been told so long about this injury that he's so close and. You know, and here we are getting to be 12 weeks into the season before he gets out there. Um, so that that's exactly that's where I am with it. I mean, I I do think he's going to practice this week, but you know, I'm not 100 percent until I actually see him out there. Um, as for playing on sun, next Sunday, I don't see it. I think he needs another week. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, knowing Eric Berry, the way the kind of guy that he is. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he got out there, but I, I think that I don't think the Chiefs want to throw him in that situation. I, I definitely think that, considering the fact that he hasn't practiced, let alone since August 11th, but he hasn't played a football game since the beginning of September, what, September 7th, 2017. Um, he needs some time. I mean, I don't think three practices is enough. So uh, I know that the Chiefs, when they get him back, they want to work him back slowly. So I would expect that he doesn't play next week against Oakland, but. I think he'll be back the following week for sure. If if he if he starts practicing this week, how much time do you think he would need to get back into his Pro Bowl form? Because he he came back uh, from a torn ACL in 2011, and, and in 2012 he wasn't the Eric Berry that we were uh, used to really knowing. Despite getting voted into the Pro Bowl that year, and I know in 2014 when he had his battle with cancer, in 2015 it even took him some time before he was playing in his. Uh, true all-pro form, and we've seen it with Justin Houston and Jamal Charles. Uh, more examples in Kansas City, guys who missed a lot of time, and then when they came back, they missed some time. A lot of people were saying save him for the playoffs, but if you do that, he's missed, by then, he will have missed 32 games. That's two complete seasons if you include the playoff game last year, and when a guy comes back for his first game after being out for so long, it, it could take him a while. I mean, Eric Berry might be a liability for those first couple of games because it's been so long. Uh, what, what, what do you make of that? Well, I, th- I think you exactly touched on it there. Um, you know, from a conditioning standpoint, from a stamina standpoint, I don't think you have to have a lot of worries because he's he's been working out all along and, and he looks in great shape. That's that's not the concern. Um, the concern is football shape. And, and you know, and it does. It takes time for uh, your eyes to adjust, to get back used to the speed, to, you know, to take the impact. All of those things take some time. And, uh, it's not something that even just one game is going to get you back. So, yeah, I mean, if, if your philosophy is you want him back for the playoffs, you need to get him in, I think, those last four games of the season um, just so that he can, you know, get his equilibrium back, get get his vision back, uh, being able to see everything, get used to the speed, because that's the one thing you cannot replicate on the practice field and, and, and rehab. That's You just can't do that. So, now, do I expect Eric Berry to be 100% at any point this year? I think that's too much to ask, and you're right. I mean, you touched on it with other examples that you've got. Um, you take that much time off of football, more than a year, it takes you time to get back. And I don't think that it's reasonable to expect that Eric Berry would be 100% probably until next year. But could Eric Berry, you know, improve week by week to the point where you get to the playoffs and maybe he's 80% of himself? Yeah, I think so, and and eighty percent of Eric Berry might be still your best safety on this team. Very interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. A couple questions left with you, Matt. As we look at the final five games of the season, the Chiefs in very good standing, despite coming off that really uh, heart tough heartbreaker uh, against the Rams on Monday Night Football. 
what are your expectations down the line? Because a lot of people will look at this and say, okay, very easy schedule. Yes, Baltimore, they're a very good defensive football team. They don't allow a lot of points, but they're not a good football team overall. We'll see if they can continue this trend with Lamar Jackson, but a lot of people will look at this and they'll throw out the term easy schedule. Uh, look, you may drop a game that you're not uh, supposed to lose, uh, but for the most part, I think a lot of people are expecting a strong finish. Uh, my question to you is, given how tight this AFC race is right now, do you think the Chiefs will get home field advantage? What's your prediction on that? Well, I, to me, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to finish worse than 13-3. and three. I mean, I, I, I think that's where they can get to. Um, could they stumble? Could there be a couple of losses on here? Yeah, I mean, you, like you touched on, I mean, the, the, that three-game stretch there with Ravens, Chargers, and Seahawks are, are three tough games. And, and, yeah, I think that when people talk about the back end of the schedule being an easy schedule, part of it's because there's so many home games. Three of these last five are at home. You've got two of them against Oakland, which if they don't just clobber Oakland at both those games, then there's something wrong. Uh, but also, you know, that back end of the schedule that people talked about also included Cleveland and Arizona. So some of that, those easy games, if you will, are already behind them. Um, I, I think those three you have to be worried about, especially with the Chargers are playing right now. Um, the Ravens are, are just an enigma. They can be fantastic one week and look pretty ordinary the next. Um, Seahawks kind of the same way, and that one being on the road might be a little bit trickier. But this Chiefs team, they've handled everything that's come at them. Uh, so to me, uh, dropping two games in their last five would stun me. So if they get the 13-3, and three, the team you have to worry about is New England. Um, but New England's got you know decent schedule of their own coming up. So I do think New England's going to drop another game. So I do think that the Chiefs will get the get number one seed. But I would be stunned if they fell any lower than the two seed, which still gets them first round by in a home game. He's Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Derrick is spelled D-E-R-R-I-C-K. And check out his new book about Patrick Mahomes. It is called Showtime. It is out in stores and will be available online in December. Hey, Matt, I, I know it's been a crazy busy time for you, so I appreciate you making some time for us. And congratulations again on your first published book and uh, look forward to getting my hands on it, uh, the digital copy at least. And uh, I, I'll give you a critical review, but I'm sure it'll be a good one. Uh, and I definitely look forward to it. And I'll definitely give a review of it myself on the podcast once I get a chance. Well, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you about it. I appreciate your support and everybody out there. Uh, hope everybody has a great rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. We'll keep in touch. Take care. Big thanks to Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com joining us here on the Chiefs Zone podcast. Uh, always great to get his insight on things Chiefs football uh, as well as non-Chiefs football, which we haven't discussed much of that with him. But nonetheless, uh, always good to have him on the podcast. And of course, his new book is out. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I that, that obviously makes a perfect gift. And you know what? I think the dangerous part about his book, it's one of those things where... Uh, I, I, I mean, let's say you know a Chiefs fan in your life, the the diehard Chiefs fan who you're so close to, and maybe he's got other friends and family members who who's very close to him, and you're thinking of that guy. You're thinking, you know what? This would be a great gift for him, this this Patrick Mahomes book. But you know other people are going to be thinking about that too. And this guy's going to end up with like three Patrick Mahomes books. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I, I can already see it right now. This is going to be... Uh, one of the best gifts you could give for the holidays this year. So, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things, man, where, where you just, um, if you are a Chiefs fan, uh, just get it yourself and post a picture on social media. That way you don't get five extra copies of it. Not that there's anything wrong with getting a book from Matt Derrick. We love Matt Derrick, of course. And, of course, I'm sure it's going to be a great book. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when I get a chance. Uh, again, hopefully the digital copy comes out uh, maybe sooner than the date he gave, he gave, but I think that is going to be the date for those who are uh, anticipating the digital copy. But once that comes out, I definitely want to talk about that because I'm very interested in, in seeing what this book's about. Uh, given his early success and some of the people who he's spoke to and in the preview talks about his success in his early childhood as well as in college, kind of makes you wonder, uh, you know, what could people have seen uh, ahead of time with him uh, obviously when, when you see a kid and, and he says his dream is to play pro sports you encourage them and you hope for the best but you, no one ever knows if that's going to be the case uh, with anybody uh, did anyone know Tom Brady was going to be an undrafted guy or maybe not undrafted but at least drafted very late 
and would have won five Super Bowls at this point in his career. No one could have uh, predicted that exact path for anybody. You just don't see that kind of thing. Uh, And look, you do see a couple of bright-eyed players, but how many quarterbacks do you honestly see anymore drafted where Tom Brady was, 199th overall late in the sixth round, and becomes that star-studded guy? Nowadays, uh, you see all of those guys in the first round. Sure, you've got your Tyree kills, and uh, you see a lot of running backs that get drafted late, and they do very well. Guys like Kareem Hunt and Jamal Charles. Uh, and in that position, that's that's completely normal, as well as a few other positions. But the quarterback spot, man, nowadays it just feels like you've got to take a quarterback really early. Otherwise, uh, the quarterback's taken later. You Sure, you may have a Dak Prescott type of season where he was drafted in the fourth round and had that nice nice year, but you won't get that a whole lot with quarterbacks. Might be 1-20 in 20 with quarterbacks drafted that late. So nowadays, these QBs are taken very early. So I'm, I'm very interested in seeing that part of the book and how he goes into that. And obviously, look, the story is not complete, as he just mentioned to us. There's a lot more to it, and I'm sure it'll be written about once again as uh, his career goes on. So a big thanks to Matt Derrick for joining us here on the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Big thanks to you guys, the listeners, joining me here. Again, hope you all had a great and happy Thanksgiving. The holidays in full swing right now. Uh, crazy storm in Kansas City and in the Midwest, so stay safe if you are out there, out and about on the roads. Appreciate all of you guys joining me for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. We'll be back later. This week on Thursday, we will preview the game between the Chiefs and the Raiders. The closing segments will be back. And I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about around the NFL as the playoff race heats up in the month of December. My name is Farzim Fusugi and Facebook.com slash Farzim Fusugi. That's a Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Farzim21+. Plus. Email me, farzine at farzinevesugian.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Share it as well with your friends. Until then, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Be well.